Hello, my good people. My good people. And welcome to another fantastic episode, fantastic power hour episode of Game Over, the premier video game show hosted by two brothers and a third guy, only live on 101 UM, 101.5, can't forget that point five. Very important. UMFM and UMFM.com and found in podcast form on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and pretty much wherever else you get your podcast. Apple Podcasts, in addition to act, actful Codpasts, <laughs> yes. which is the Apple Fishing Podcast. <laughs> can you fish with Apple? I feel, I feel like a fish would like an Apple. I don't know. You can try. You you can can try. try? Whoa. There we go. Let's try that again, Matt. You can try. There <laughs> we go. Yeah. Turned on uh, mic four instead of mic three. So Oops. if we had someone standing there. It's for um, the ghost. It's for the ghost. Yeah. You know what? I'll the turn it back ghost. on. Justin Kitten. No, that's a terrible <laughs> idea. Just this week, featuring Nearly Headless Nick. Yeah. Which, that would be a fun uh, Harry Potter question. Which po- which ghost, which house ghost would you want to hear a podcast from? <laughs> Definitely Nearly Headless I mean, yeah. Nearly John Cleese. Yeah. Definitely Nearly Headless Nick. Well, even if it wasn't, I mean, obviously, if we had John Cleese in the studio, we'd get him on the podcast. <laughs> but also, I think Nearly Headless Nick, the character, would be pretty good. Yeah. I mean, Peeves yeah. would be very funny. You'd ha- we wouldn't have be able to do that. During standard broadcast hours, no, definitely. No, that would be a difficult guest to manage. I that's think. the yes, yeah. That's the uh, so. that, <laughs> Pease would be a, a good on, guest on Eric Andre's show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for people who know Eric Andre's show, you know exactly what I mean. Okay, like as I said, we're welcome to a Power Hour episode of Game Over. Um, I'm excited to talk about a bunch of tiny topics this hour, and I, I do want to start off with one. It's a petition for help. I don't know if it's the fact that I'm in Facebook beta, I tried going back and forth, or Facebook just changed the poll options, but for the love of God, I cannot find out how to post a poll on Facebook like I did in the past. The option is just no longer there. I watched a couple sketchy YouTube videos. No one seems to have a good answer that works for me. So if you know how to make a poll on Facebook, this is me, old man yelling at a cloud at you. Please tell me, um, and tell me if there's something I'm doing wrong, because we had a great question last week. I want to ask it, and now I can't. Alas. Okay, so as I said, we have a bunch of tiny topics uh, to get to. There has been a little bit of news. First of all, I'm kind of curious. What have you guys been playing this past? I know what it has been playing. Yeah. Um, but Actually, Matt, you don't know all of what I've been playing. But... There you go. Matt, what have you been playing this past week? Honestly, I meant to keep going with Near uh, Automata, and I got fully sucked into stardew valley and that's basically all i've been doing when i'm not like at mm. work or like at my girlfriend's house fair it's just and even you know it's on the switch so like a decent amount there too i was about to yeah. say <laughs> it's on the switch there's still no excuse yeah she's gonna get the double just like oh you brought your switch i'm like yeah i'm uh prepping for the show yeah yes. well done yes <laughs> that was there- the greatest by the way if you ever people out there uh have a chance to launch a video game podcast or something of the like it is a magic button to be able to say to your parents when they're we are just like, <laughs> or what your are you partner, doing? Should, or yeah, or whoever, <laughs> yeah. whoever is shaming you for that. You know, I'm going to put out the weight of it on parents here. Uh, oh no, I'm preparing. I'm preparing for the show. I have to watch three hours of Netflix instead of taking the garbage out right now. Not mm-hmm. that taking the garbage out takes three hours, yeah. unless I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I find myself doing that a lot and feel a little silly every time, but it's also great. It's like, sorry, I can't. I just really have to play this game. Yeah. yeah, we're professionals, kind of. Yeah. Yes, kind of. Professional adjacent. Yeah. That's how I'll describe it. We yeah. do this. We also make money, you know, doing other things, but yeah. still. Yeah, <laughs> totally unrelated. Hey, yeah. I've, I've said repeatedly, Adam and I are semi-professional rock band players <laughs> because true. I made about $200 playing rock band that one time. <laughs> so 
<laughs> yeah, we did. And that's Fair as far as that's we as far as I'm concerned. That's what it requ- yeah, that's yeah. what it requires to be professional. I played in a Mario Kart tournament, so you know. I'm did you like, win? No, but <laughs> yeah. still, you know, Mario Kart uh, competitor. I think if yeah. I was going to enter today in 2020, if I was going to enter, and that would actually be a good question. So feel free to hit us up on Facebook. I'm kind of curious what people say. Maybe instead of doing a poll, because apparently I can't do that, I'll have to do like a question of the day instead. I'm curious if, for the people out there, if you were going to be in a competition that you had the best chance of winning, so you're going to, you know, whatever con, and they have a competition for every game imaginable, which one are you lining up for that you think has the best chance of winning? Oh, man. That, oh, I know what it is for me. It's, it might even be the same for Matt, and I don't think it's close. It's Mario Kart Wii. It's <laughs> I, just... Mine is definitely a Mario Kart. I just don't know if it's uh, 8, Double Dash, or Wii. Give me Mario Kart Wii, put my me on a mock bike, and I'm, gonna, I'm good to go. <laughs> I, can take down, I can take down the ghost times. I can take down the tougher ghost times. Doesn't matter. I'm ready. I genuinely haven't got a clue. Because every time I get good at something, all I end up doing is watching videos of people who are much better than me at it. That's the problem. Especially with, like, Smash Bros. or something like that. It's like, I'm pretty good at Smash Bros. No, you're the best of your friend group. Yeah. And then you see people online. It's like, oh, no. They're frame counting. They're doing all this kind of stuff. You're not even close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, for, like, sheer hours clocked, maybe I'll say Slay the Spire. That so would be... how would you even do a Slay the Spire competition? Would it be well, you like... just, you just, it's because every run is scored. So, oh, oh, like they do, they have daily challenges. So there's already a leaderboard. Now, admittedly, I've never been on the top of a leaderboard in a daily challenge, but I'm just trying to think of like it. That's a hard question. This is yeah. the good place. I yeah. was momentarily ranked top 10 in the world in Boxhead 2 co-op. Whoa, Whoa. my friends. So yeah, that's, it was pretty legit. That is. Just okay. like a dumb little flash game. But it was fun. Now I want I have a I came up with a really uh weird idea for a discussion topic too that I want to get to, but in order to get there, I, we need to discuss what Adam and I have been doing this past week. Because last right. week, if you recall in the episode, uh Adam and I had our most clear big brother, little brother moment probably in the past decade and a half. Definitely on air. Like definitely, definitely on air. <laughs> where you said, I've been playing Dark Souls, and I went, can I play too? <laughs> and I said, yes, but I'm going to have to start over. <laughs> Not that that's too much of a problem. And we've now no, eclipsed. So it's funny, because last week... Yeah, we've week, passed where I was. Last week, we were, I asked you where you were, and then you were like level 100. I'm like, oh my god, that's so far. And now, within a week, without playing yesterday, so across six days... We're each like level one thirty plus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we kind of blew through my. It's been an interesting thing, but I uh, Dark Souls reminded me it got the blood flowing. So we're playing Dark Souls two, um, and I've got to be honest, I, I think I've only played Dark Souls three the one the once. Yeah, and Demon Souls I haven't played in years. I think it might it's still on the cap as my top. It's so controversial to say that I'm actually enjoying Dark Souls two more than Dark Souls one. But because a big part of my Dark Souls experience isn't just the get good, fight yourself against the world type of deal, it's the co-op. And it's so much easier to play co-op in Dark Souls 2 than Dark Souls 1. Oh, yeah, that's, it's next that's to impossible. True. So, yeah, I'm very much enjoying Dark Souls 2. Uh, and But I'm curious to see where Dark Souls 3 stacks up against it. Well, we'll do that after we finish Dark Souls 2. I'm sure we will. There are two Dark Souls topics that I actually thought about that I want to get your guys' opinion on. Mm-hmm. The first one... Uh, not so much a discussion topic, just a fun thought that really only Matt will get. And uh, by the way, spoilers, kind of, for the last season of The Good Place? 
Here's my controversial topic. I haven't seen it yet. Neither you haven't seen I. the last season of The Good no. Place? Okay, well. Uh, what is the last season? I would never watch anything like, illegally, Simon. Like, which, which one is uh, it? Which I didn't watch it illegally. I watched with VPN, which I legally purchased. Uh, so. I, I attempted to go. watch it, but couldn't find something that I could get to work. So. Okay, well, I'm going to spoil a non-important part of The Good Place. Kay. I mean, it is kind of the plot point of an episode, but it's not like a story spoiler. Yeah, as long as it's not like ending spoilers. Yeah. So fine. No. So they find out that part of the problem with the, the actual real Good Place is that if you're stuck in paradise in perpetuity... You start to slowly lose it. Now, they don't go hollow. They just start to slowly lose their faculties. Yeah. But I was like, as we were playing Dark Souls, and particularly as I was talking to Lucatiel, as she slowly yeah. goes up against it and fights and yeah. dies and fights and dies, I was thinking, man, is Dark Souls the good place? <laughs> it's the same idea. You're stuck here forever. Yeah. yeah. You, and the only thing that's going to get you through is the actual willpower to stay sane. And it, it, then I had this, like, after I had that thought, I had this beautiful meta-narrative where I was thinking, the gamers who quit, are they the ones who went hollow? You know, you could kind of yeah. put that in your head yeah. as, as make it your head mm-hmm. cannibal. Their characters make, went hollow because if you're not getting good at the game or you don't have someone to play with or whatever, you do kind of go insane. And that's how hollowing is described. So if and you, you get, lose the willpower to continue. And you lose yeah. the willpower to continue. So if you fail out of Dark Souls, you've gone hollow. Yeah. In canon explanation. That just, like, the good place in Dark Souls have nothing <laughs> in common. But I was like, man, this whole being stuck, not dying thing, that is an interesting problem. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that both of them uh, addressed in, uh, that's the real spoiler, that mm-hmm. both of them addressed in, in dramatically different ways. Yeah. So what do you guys think of just that general concept? I think I think it's an interesting parallel, and I think there's certainly something to that. That there's a a fundamental drive in humanity to I don't know to achieve, to progress, to do stuff. And I I think both in certainly that is reflected in that concept of you know the way that the good place works. Mm-hmm. In that you know it, it, there's there's no longer any risk, there's no longer anything to achieve. Then what is the purpose of existence? Yeah, mm-hmm. and in yeah, in Dark Souls is kind of the is is a similar thing, but not the same. In that it's you must continue to find your own purpose, uh, because yeah, death is now meaningless. And of course, Dark Souls has the added thing of oh hey, we're just you're just going to slowly go nuts. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's just almost. I mean that's kind of just a real thing that actually happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like you're if you don't keep up with like practicing whatever it is just like you slowly kind of lose it over time i mean i have that going through have that kind of happening on and off all the time with music if i'm like going through periods of like playing my trumpet a lot versus not playing a lot it's like you notice yourself get worse after like not all that much time right and it's the same i mean the same with all kind of other stuff i notice if i like if i'm not reading as much i'm like noticeably like less eloquent and i just have like trouble picking words out of my brain Hmm. you know it's, it's, I don't know. It's just kind of the same thing. So that's my problem. I'm not doing yeah. this reading. You know? <laughs> You're not doing this reading thing. Often. Here I am listening to podcasts and audiobooks like a schmuck. <laughs> yeah. Alas. Okay. So here's the other uh, Dark Souls topic that I thought about. Net. This one might really. I'm hoping it's going to spur a discussion because I thought it was really interesting. From Software, developer of the Dark Souls series and Bloodborne, Sekiro, whatever. Blood Seki Souls. Blood Seki Souls. Blood. Oh, what's what's the new one called? S- I'm flanking again. Um, oh, Elden, Elden Ring. Ring. Elden Ring, yeah. Blood sucky souls and ring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, from software. Best DLC creators of all time? Ooh. Yes. Like, you're think not get, really going to get a strong argument from me <laughs> for anyone else. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I was thinking about that because I, when, when I, and partly because I was listening to a podcast and they pointed out, and also, as I said, Adam, I, I was watching a couple of videos on Defense of Dark Souls 2. Yeah. And it kind of got me going. It's like, yeah, but, I mean, even if you don't like the game, the DLC pretty much gets rid of all the problems that people had with the main game. You know, like the whole, you're going down a tube thing and the bosses aren't different enough, which, yeah. by the way, playing it again, totally disagree. These bosses feel dramatically different in a lot of the cases. I mean, there are a lot of dudes in armor, but they all they all fight differently. I mean, there was lo- there's lots of dudes in armor in Dark Souls 1 and 3, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the, it, actually, that was a good point. That, that One of the comparisons, one of the arguments for, for against Dark Souls 2 was a lot of the bosses have you fighting multiple enemies, mm-hmm. so you can't use lock-on, but the solution is, well, learn not to use lock-on. Maybe that's yeah. the game doesn't want you to use mm-hmm. lock-on all the time, player. Yeah. And then it's a lot of big dudes in armor. Can can anyone, just real quick, tell me the first two bosses of Demon Souls? <laughs> uh, dude in armor. And the very first one, the tutorial and, boss. Um, oh, Oh, yeah. oh, the tutorial boss. Well, the tutorial boss is the Sorry, demon. the phalanx. Phalanx. Yeah, phalanx. Yeah. Which is a... Slimes and armor. A bunch of dudes. Multiple enemies. Or a, a, t- yeah. a ton of enemies. So it's like, this has been baked into the series just because Dark Souls kind of took it off. Yeah. Doesn't mean when it came back, it was like, ah, how could it come out of nowhere? No, no, no. Although yeah. I do, again, after watching that, miss the gimmicks of, of Demon Souls and kind of wish that Demon Souls had DLC. But when you think back of it, some of my favorite levels in Dark Souls 1 are in the Artorias of the Abyss DLC. The Artorias yeah. fight is usually it's called really good. the best boss mm-hmm. fight, potentially in the series, but certainly in the game. It's not better than Dark Lurker. Well, I mean, but Dark Lurker is just a different thing. But the, I really like the Manus fight. The yeah, whole the journey down to Manus when you mm-hmm. go into the actual abyss and it's dark and you're just kind of seeing the souls yeah, the, running around. Manus is a great fight. It's a phenomenal fight. Phenomenal yeah. DLC. The best part of Dark Souls 2 beyond question is the dlc yeah even yeah. people that don't like dark souls 2 they'll rag on it all day but oh, dark souls 2 sucks but the dlc is great the dlc yeah, is fantastic DLC is yeah. really good so and then dark souls 3 again i enjoyed the game but the dlc i remember being very 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 good as well mm-hmm. and kind of an shorter interesting, than we expected shorter than we expected but and an interesting end to the series where it wasn't like this big climactic fight against a dragon representing the sun yeah but it also felt kind of thematically appropriate that you're just fighting Another person who's existed for this long in Slave Night Gale. And then I can't think of many companies, and I I haven't played the Bloodborne DLC, but people say it's phenomenal as well. I don't know if you guys have played it. I haven't played it. I haven't actually. But I've heard good things. Yeah. So I can't think of another company that when they do make DLC has made like out of the park hits. And Adam, you're not big on DLC like philosophically. It's true. I'm not. So there's my contention. From Software is the best modern maker of DLC around. Yeah. I I mean, it's funny, like, I have an easy time saying that, but considering that both The Witcher and Mass Effect oh, exist, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, it's, it's amazing to me that you are, because I mean, the Citadel DLC is amazing. I would put Dark Souls above it, but um, I'm, I'm kind of astounded that you will say that. Right, yes. but I'm saying... I'm okay. I guess The Witcher is close, but that's really just one game. Yeah, they're kind of yeah. one-offs where, that's like, true. FromSoft from Soft, from every time doing yeah, it. Yeah, every yeah. time. So, it, again, if you look at the Mass Effect, there hasn't been any second across DLC, all of them there? DLC. I don't think so. One of the DLCs was to get Javik, a Prothean, which just should have been in the game. So yeah. that's some negative points there. It was also and, kind of boring. 
I mean, he wanted to shoot people out the airlock a lot, so that was fun. <laughs> okay, there was that. But uh, yeah, not all of them were absolute winners. Like I think after people finished the dark or the uh, Mass Effect three, it was like, oh my god, what are we doing? We're gonna see Leviathan. Oh my god, we're gonna find the original spoilers for Leviathan. I guess we're gonna find the original progenitor of the Reapers, and it changes nothing. Yeah, at all. You talk to the Star Child, be like, "I found your guy." He's like, "You yeah, sure? <laughs> you sure we're gonna, did?" We're gonna yeah. keep doing what yeah. we're doing. We're yeah. still where we are. They were yeah. all very fun, like side missions, but they all yeah. kind of felt like side missions. Yeah, or yeah. something that just should have been part of the game. Dark Souls managed to make it feel not, even though it was a very natural part of the game, didn't yeah. feel like it was missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, The Witcher Three, good point. Both those DLCs are phenomenal. One game. I don't remember The Witcher 2 having DLC, and we'll have to see what they do with Spider, uh, Cyber, Spider-Punk. That'd be a fun game. Yeah. Is that in, in <laughs> Enter the Spider-Verse? Well, yeah, there's, there's, Spider-Punk? A, there's a Spider-Man 2099. That is a thing that exists. I guess. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Uh, we'll have to see what they do with Cyberpunk, so it needs more credit than one game. But across four games now to have really impressive DLC. And again, as you said, you finished the game in Dark Souls 1 where you fought Gwyn. Well, that makes sense, but what's the loose end here? It's the pygmy. Yeah. Well, let's go fight the pygmy after he's been corrupted and turn it to Manus. Uh, Dark Souls 2. What's the main problem? Well, we fought off this queen, but, but what if the shards of Manus also turned into other queens and took over other kingdoms? So we'll go clean that up. So they're very connected. And then as we just yeah. talked about... And you get to fix sense. your hollowing problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dark Souls 2 DLC really, like, ties a very neat bow on the whole experience. Yeah. And I, I think, like, one of my favorite things about that ending is that it... One of the best things I think any game and really any story in general can do is answer your question, answer a question you have in a way that you don't expect and don't necessarily want but can't argue with. Like in the sense of Dark Souls 2, it's, hey, I'm, you know, this curse is a problem. We have to deal with this curse. And, and then it's like, oh, you get all these crowns together. Congratulations. You fixed the curse for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not for everyone else. And it's like, oh, well. Guess I'm immortal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I suppose <laughs> it, I'm a god. As this, as this series has now spent three games saying how much of a bad thing that is. Mm-hmm. I also kind of had a, speaking of, while well, we're going down this Dark Souls 2, and I, there's probably people out there who hate Dark Souls 2 and are also like, why are you talking about a six-year-old game? It's my Deal podcast. It. <laughs> and then another game out this week, so deal with it. And it's great. And, and we've gr- been playing it. I'm telling you, come along. You know what? Again, hit us up on Facebook. If you're playing online, Adam and I will play with you if you really, if you want someone to actually go through. Because Dark Souls 2 is remarkable co-op. I already said my two favorite nights in the whole, or fights in the whole of Dark Souls, the Seal series. Yeah. That World 1-3 fight in uh, Demon Souls, where it's me and the two phantoms that I had because they were my friends against those red and black uh, or red and blue knights if you recall right why am i black? we talked about this like a couple weeks ago in one three right before the penetrator you're on the bridge there's the penetrator oh, oh yeah, the yeah, boss. yeah, yeah. Before sorry the before the boss yeah before the boss yeah 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 sorry yeah, yeah. not okay. fights not yes, boss now fights. i know what you mean yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i know what you but mean. i yeah. honestly to me my favorite one is the final boss of the final dlc in dark souls 2 yeah the ivory king the ivory king where it's you whoever you've summoned, a bunch of knights in this just bar brawl against the Ivory King and a bunch of his knights. Yeah. I really like the, like, group fight dynamic. So, yeah, if you want to play one-on-one against a giant wolf, play Dark Souls. Fine, yeah. fine. But if yeah. you want to try Dark Souls 2 the way it's probably intended to be playing, considering how many NPC shades are running around, let us know. Yeah, it's a really good game. We'll, let you, we'll help you uh, try it out. Now, uh, shoot, what were we talking about before then? <laughs> I totally lost the plot. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, uh, I, this isn't what we were talking about. But Dark Souls Two, another thing. 
one of the, what's the biggest the single biggest complaint if people are just looking to make fun of Dark Souls 2 aside from the bosses maybe the level design the level design I know you want to talk about level design Adam I and I, I am going to get there because I'm sure you have a couple examples but maybe it's that I have a soft spot for it, it definitely is that too but, <laughs> but also when I was playing Dark Souls 2 this time I think I just had kind of a, a mind meld with the level design the most famous terrible example of level design is how you go to Earthen Peak. Yep. You can see a tower in the distance. You climb the tower. At the top of the tower, you fight a boss, get into an elevator, go up, and end up at the Iron Keep, yep. covered by lava. So you end up seeming like you would come on the ground when you were below. Like, the level, the world doesn't make sense. You, it'll mm-hmm. be sunny. You go through a cave. Now it's raining. You go back. It's sunny again. Yeah. And at the time, I was kind of on board with, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Dark Souls 1 was so tight. Now we've played Dark Souls 3, and we know a core theme of the series was the world is also alive, and as people are getting corrupted, so is the actual fabric of the world. And I can't help but feel it was all intentional and actually good level design. Mic drop, walk away. (laughs) That might be my most controversial opinion of 2020. What do you guys think of that crazy idea? I don't know that I'm on board with it. I mean, I get the I get, I, get, I get the idea, and certainly that is the case in Dark Souls Three. Um, but the Earthen Peak to Iron Keep thing is just stupid. That's what I'm saying. But but but, but there's like clearly Dark Souls One to Three is a transition from relatively stable to bonkers. Yeah. Dark Souls Two therefore should be in between relatively stable and bonkers. It shouldn't be more bonkers than Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls 3 should have been peak bonkers. I don't know. I've, I haven't played Dark Souls 3 rel- recently enough to be able to picture the map in my mind. But I remember like looking around and just like, this shouldn't be there. Like They would describe it as if the actual world was moving around, yeah. right? And that's kind of how it feels. It's just like, we opened a portal, you went in this yeah. elevator, now you're here. It shouldn't yeah. make sense. I mean, having said that... I don't really care uh, that Dark Souls 2 does that. I mean, it's really weird, but whatever. But, like, for me, the level design in Dark Souls 2, and I, re- I was thinking about this because I had it in the back of my head the whole time we were playing. I was just, like, the way that... Not the way the levels are interconnected, but the way that the levels themselves are laid out. And for the most part, I actually quite like it. So uh, if people's only complaint is that none of it makes sense, I'm like, yeah, get over it. It's a video game. It's and, like, for most of the people who play Dark Souls, they don't make sense of it anyway yeah so yeah i think might be digging a little bit on that one (laughs) (laughs) it's like i don't i don't mind the like going going crazy with uh you know geography and whether it should be above or underground and stuff like that yeah but i feel like if they're gonna do it on purpose you need to make it uh you know slightly more seamless i know that's my charlie day in uh, it's always sunny the cue board like exactly i understand that that's where i'm at Don't make a 90 minute video essay on why the geography of dark souls 2 actually makes sense yeah have fun with that. don't put it beyond i've never made a video essay yet but there might be my favorite things on very popular on youtube so i might do it okay so before i know we have some longer form uh talks to have after the break but just leading into the break uh, I've been pretty much bouncing back and forth this week between playing uh, Dark Souls 2 with you and playing The Last of Us 1 with my girlfriend, um, particularly because The Last of Us 2 is coming out like in May. It's very close. Relatively so I, soon, I yeah. actually, like we're, we're probably about, I don't know, 80% of the way through the game at this point. We've uh, got through the winter part when Ellie's okay. off on her own. Yeah. 
I'm speaking in code for people so I don't spoil anything. Um, we got through that area, so I think we're about 20% roughly left. And I actually said to her at one point, I turned around, I'm like, you're really lucky. She's like, why is that? I'm like, because you only have to wait like a month and a half for this <laughs> Some of us had to wait seven years to find out what happens. Uh, but yeah, it's been a really enjoyable game, and it's kind of got me very excited for the potential uh, HBO series. I think we talked about that last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's announced an HBO series. And uh, seeing it was International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day, everybody. Um, seeing it was International Women's Day yesterday, um, I know that they posted a bunch of the female characters that were going to be in the show. And so, I mean, you're expecting Ellie. You're expecting Maria. That's the name of Tommy's wife once you finally meet them. That might be a deeper cut that you guys didn't remember. I, I don't just, know. I still didn't remember that from... But uh, also, Tess is going to be in there. And again, okay, spoilers for The Last of Us. Tess super duper dies. But, so, it's got to be going roughly along. Is it going to be kind of going along the game as if it's a book? Is is my yeah. guess? I don't know. There's not many like templates for how to adapt a game into a TV show. No. Like pretty much the only ones that exist are ones that you like really really don't want to follow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. So there's there's what not to do. Yeah. There's a lot of that, but there's not really what to do. Although now we're getting to the point where like if you watch The Last of Us the movie, you probably have like a 6-hour little TV thing that's fully acted. Yeah. So you just have to add bits where they walk and talk and all of a sudden now you have a TV show and find a way to make the action engaging. This is going to be the first time. I Maybe right now we'll take a pause and do the DLC Left Behind. Have either of you guys played it? I haven't. I have not, no. Speaking of good DLC, um, might try that out. But it's been really, really enjoyable, particularly we just played God of War. Right. And it's interesting to see that Atreus and Ellie are similar in a lot of ways, but also Joel and Kratos are different in a lot of ways. Like, I'm playing them both of them on an easier difficulty than I normally would, yeah. just to be able to get through and keep the story flowing. Yeah. But immediately it was like, on easy, Kratos is never really in danger, right? He's yeah. the god of war, and if he loses, it's because I screwed up and he wouldn't actually have lost. Yeah. My Joel Prince still, of Persia style. Exactly. My Joel still gets killed a lot, <laughs> and it's visceral. And I'm as we play that game, like... The killing in God of War looks so cool. You swing the axe, yeah. you chop a guy's head off, you stick your hands into a Draugr's rib cage and pull it in half. It's awesome. You kill someone in The Last of Us, and you're choking them for like 15 seconds before they die. It is brutal. You feel yeah. every single murder. You don't feel good about any of them. And even on an easier difficulty, you miss, and you're just like, oh, man, I really wanted that bullet. <laughs> Like, I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't, afford, I can't afford to miss to right now, where it's like the Leviathan Axe, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Right? So it's just a totally different experience. But I think it took her a little while to warm up to it because she was a big fan of God of War. Yeah. But we have finally done it. I want a little, uh, I, you know what? I'll give myself my own little round of applause. We have finally achieved backseat gaming levels of, <laughs> on your left, there's somebody there, throw a bomb. Yeah. I'm like, yes, we did it. I'm so proud. Uh, but yeah, it's really good. And there's a particular scene that, again, Heavy spoilers for The Last of Us that I kind of wanted to know if you guys remember. It's the what I was just talking about, the winter scene. So if you recall, it kind of surprised me. You're at the university. Doesn't matter why you're there. Joel falls down and a bar goes through his stomach. Oh, yeah. Right? Ouch. Mm-hmm. Ellie pulls him, pulls him out of the bar, gets him onto a horse, and then they go away to a cabin in the woods for like six months for Joel to attempt to heal, but it's rough. Yeah. During which time Ellie runs into a bunch of probably rapist cannibals. 
probably. Who are the worst possible think people that a 14-year-old <laughs> girl could run into? Rapist cannibals. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So she runs into them, and it's a really... I was asked, again, because my girlfriend's not a big gamer, which might be part of the discussion that we're going to have later on in the show. Maybe. I was asked, is this the thing that games normally do? Because it was really intense and very much like a TV show. You would play a little bit as Ellie. You would think she's safe. Then someone would grab her and it would cut away. And then you'd play as Joel. So now you know how much trouble Ellie's in. You're trying to rush, rush, rush to get to Joel. And then something's going to happen to him. And then you cut back to Ellie. And you cut back and forth. And it's like, are they going to kill Ellie before Joel gets there? At no other point in the game, and I don't know if you guys can think of a, another game that does something like that, but it was like, man, what an effective way to build tension. Is he going to make it in time? And again, I'm a guy. You guys are guys. The male brain that playing games is like, Joel, the big bearded guy, he's going to save the little girl. But do you remember what happens? It's uh, been she a gets long herself time out of it. it. She takes care of it herself. Yeah, she does. Yeah. She... What he's there for is afterward to help comfort her yeah. and help bring her down from just murdering the dude. But Ellie takes care of this. She gets rid of the leader of the cannibal rapists herself. Yeah. And it's an incredible moment. So afterward, like, I, again, girlfriend sitting right there, she was like, oh, man, is Joel going to make it in time? And at the end of it, I was like, if you thought that Joel needed to save Ellie, I don't think you've been paying attention to Ellie. Yeah. Ellie is a badass. <laughs> I can't wait for the second game to see what she's turned into in the next five years. I'm very excited. I'm very worried the answer is going to be Lara Croft. Well, I mean, maybe. <laughs> but if you had an excuse for someone to turn to Lara Croft, growing up, I mean, first of all, having Joel, like, mentor you, because Joel is clearly a pretty stone-cold killer himself. And <laughs> then growing up guy. in the... Not like... I, okay, I wouldn't elect him president. <laughs> although, well, although I mean, yeah. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say At that these days. Point. Unless... Uh, yeah, you're not looking for a therapist in the <laughs> exactly. He's not a role model, yeah. but if you need someone to train you how to survive, Joel's a pretty good one. And apparently, the quote from the uh, writer director Neil Druckmann is: "The first game was about love, the second game is about hate." The first game was about love. Well, you know, <laughs> kind of. I mean, Ellie and Joel are kind of growing to love each other, and Joel's learning to love again. He's, I mean. Kratos, it's very interesting because the games are so similar, so it's fascinating to play them back-to-back. Kratos is a prick at the beginning of God of War in that just he's a bad dad who has no clue. Yeah. Like, what's the first scene that he does to try and bond with his son after their mom died? He holds up his hands and makes him punch them. Yeah. And then he misses that it's like, no, you have to do better. It's like, dude, his mom (laughs) just died. What are you doing? His best. That's yeah. what he's doing. His best. <laughs> his best. I mean, his best wasn't great. But no, like, it's not. Joel is straight up cold to a poor 14-year-old girl in The Last yeah. of Us. And it's like, oh, man, I can't wait until you soften up a bit. Okay, so we're going to go on a quick commercial break. We've got a few more. We've got plenty of plenty more content. Don't worry. We've got plenty more content for you right around the break. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back. Not our usual theme music, I know. Um, and that's because I had named that sound cued. Whoops. Don't want to spoil the surprise. But yes, we do have name that sound uh, coming up at the, at the end of the show. Very excited for that. It's another just traditional five sounds, no bonus points, no nothing. Battle to the win, not the death. Oh, okay. That would be a very different show. Yes. Someone else just like, you know. Yelling out from across the room. It's like, it's the sound of Adam dying. <laughs> yes, one point. Someone, you win. Someone from degrees. Yeah, someone from degrees, <laughs> yeah. exactly. 
That guy, he's got sriracha very close to his laptop. It's a risky business there, buddy. <laughs> nope. Okay, so Adam, I know after playing Dark Souls, you kind of want to talk about level design. And I've also played a couple games that I would say have pretty darn good level design. So yeah. uh, hit us off. Hit well, us I off? Think that doesn't I, make sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Start us off, yeah. Start us off. Well, I think the, the thing with, and this kind of became super relevant when we were talking about Dark Souls 2. When you talk about level design, we're kind of talking about two things, right? There's the design of the actual level, and there's also how did the different levels interconnect with one another. And that's the part that pe- the second part is the part people usually praise Dark Souls for. It's because, like, you can be in, um, why am I, Firelink Shrine, and you can look off into the distance and go, oh, hey, there's a giant tower. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go there. And then later, by just walking, just physically walking, you get to go there. Mm. And that's, so that aspect of the level design is just really, really cool, I think. Um, but it isn't strictly necessary because obviously Dark Souls 2 doesn't have it. But I think the w- another part of it is the way that individual levels were laid out. And on the topic of this, I was watching a, one of those video essays and somebody pointed this out to me and I never thought about it before. But this is true in basically every Souls game. You are almost always moving in a spiral. Mm-hmm. You are mm-hmm. constantly turning and you're constantly going up and down. It is weird how compact the levels actually are mm-hmm. if you stripped everything else away. And it's just a really neat design because you're always circling back and go, oh, I've been here. I know where I'm going now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we had ever, that moment. Sorry, yeah, Matt, you If go you've ahead. ever seen like a, like a 3D rendered map of Dark Souls 1, it's basically like a, like a spiky cylinder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's just kind of very vertical and round. Yeah. 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 Really always neat. going up or down. We, we had that moment we were doing uh, the Huntsman's Cops. And I noticed that, like, the bonfire at the very beginning, or, like, I guess the second bonfire that you get to, is directly below the bridge to the boss. Yeah. And in my head, again, maybe because I had watched those videos back in the day of how Dark Souls 2 level design is supposedly terrible, I was like, well, you start off here, and then you go in a line, and you end up there. It's not brilliant like Dark Souls was, but it's good enough. Yeah. And it's like, no, it totally did genuinely loop around. You yeah. just didn't notice it. Yeah, and that and that part I think is quite clever. And that like they take advantage of the atmosphere there. Like the shaded woods, which we just ran through. If there was no fog, that area would take ten seconds. Yeah. Because there's nothing to it. It's tiny. But the inclusion of all the trees and the fog means you're really disoriented. And you can like it's like I don't know, like twenty square feet. It's really tiny. But it can really confuse you because you can't see where you're going. Very Lost Woods-esque. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's so a lot that... of... Dark Souls is very much Zelda for adults. Not that Zelda isn't also good for adults, but yeah. like if you had taken the twist on Zelda, made it for adult people, it's pretty much what Dark Souls is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like other games that, have, that I found have really good level design, I mean, obviously Dark Souls 1 is one of them. Um, but one of the ones where level design is super freaking important is all is walking simulators because mm-hmm. the level design is kind of all you have because there's no combat. Um, and to that respect, like it's kind of hard to argue with Stanley Parable because oh the God. level design yeah. is just so perfect. And it's it's weird and confusing in just the right way to keep you thrown mm-hmm. off. Like you, most of the ninety percent of the time, you'll walk down a corridor and you'll be like, "I have an intrinsic sense of how an office building looks. I know where this corridor should go, and it goes there." Mm-hmm. And then the other ten percent of the time, you're in an infinite loop, and you're wait, what? And it's perfect. It's exactly in theme with the game. And so there's, um, yeah, that, that's the other one that jumps out to me. And the other one, uh, one of the other reasons I want to talk about this is because the other game I've been replaying is Hollow Knight. 
Ah. And the level design in Hollow Knight is exquisite. It's the transitions are seamless. It's really, really good. It does a it does a thing I wish more sort of that style of Metroidvania platform game did, in that when you get to the edge of an area, it spills over. So, like, the first area is the Forgotten Crossroads, and the next area, basically, that you go to is Green Path. And when you're in the Forgotten Crossroads, and you're by the entrance to Green Path, the stuff around that entrance will be green. It will be foresty. It's like it's the areas actually organically spill together. It's just really, really well done. Hmm. I'm also thinking about that after you mentioned that topic the other day, um, when I was playing The Last of Us, again, but pretty much everything it does is very impressive. And you're either fighting, and I don't know about you guys, but The Last of Us combat is not traditionally enjoyable. It's more like <laughs> survival. Can yeah, I get yeah. through this? And it, it's a really interesting thing, too. Again, I'm sorry that I'm talking about The Last of Us, but it was one of the best games of the generation, for yeah. God's sakes. Um, you're totally de-incentivized to fight ever. There's yeah. no... Mm-hmm. Uh, EXP, you know, you might pick up some bullets from one of the guys that you kill, but I mean, maybe if you're playing, there's actually several difficulty levels above what I'm doing, including um, what's it called, Survivor, where you can't listen and it's just oh boy, yeah, and then Grounded, which is it's very realistic, so there's no listening. The enemies do like quadruple damage, so basically, if you get hit by a bullet, it's mm-hmm. the effect of getting hit by a bullet. You can't hit. You yeah. just need to outthink the opponents. Yeah. So maybe in that one, it's important to sneak around and shank people so you can steal their bullets. But if you're playing on normal difficulty, you kind of have enough stuff where if you can sneak by everything, you should. You should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the levels are designed in such a way that like you walk into someone's house and it doesn't feel like a card. Like sometimes you walk in and it's like, oh man, I've seen this room. Like. Yeah, 40 times. times. Yeah. Like, if you want to talk about bad level design, uh, what's it called? Dragon Age 2? <laughs> oh, yeah. God. The yes. same four dungeons? It's I mean, atrocious. Let's, let's be honest. Mass Effect had that problem, too. The original Mass Effect? Well, I mean, kind of all of them. There were a lot of very samey shootout areas. I guess, but the, ori- I mean, the original Mass Effect was particularly egregious because you could go to different planets, and it's like, oh, you guys just also got the same complex out of a box. <laughs> that the previous That's movie. true. The architecture is but so the, similar But the fact that here. you got to explore a little made it feel a little less samey. Mass Effect 2 was worse because it was always, you go to a place, oh, I'm in this one facility. I've seen this facility six times with this different coat of paint. Yeah. Here's yeah. this very small part of this giant, massive, uh, like, spaceship. Yeah. Maybe I didn't notice because it's space, and so it because it's different from what I've seen every day. Yeah. But I think in The Last of Us, because it is the real deal, if it was wrong, you would notice instantly. Like, yeah. it would not... It's not the uncanny valley, but it's a similar idea. So when you walk into someone's room and it's like, this is clearly the room of like a 14-year-old girl. This is clearly the room of a 14-year-old mm-hmm. boy. This is the parents' room. This is the baby's room. And they all feel very real. And in a lot of games, it's like, oh, you only had that many assets, huh? Like, they yeah. all have the same lamp? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whereas in this one, it's like, my God, they all have different things. There's a PS3 in one of them. Some of them have guitars. They all have computers, but different computers. Some of them have laptops. Yeah. We ran into a house that was clearly belonged to pet owners because I found, like, a dog kennel in one room and a birdcage in another one. And I had, like, made sure to crouch down and use my flashlight to look into the dog. I'm like, please do not have a dog in there. That would yeah. just break yeah. my soul. It did not. Thank God. But again... That game only, I mean, we talk about it as one of the greatest games, maybe except in the ending for Adam. But what is it really? It's just you're either fighting stressfully or you're walking. That's the entire game. Yep. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you don't get bored going through the environments that you're going through 
is a real credit to it as well. Yeah. It's a li- just when you were saying that, it was making me think the opposite of the game that I played last week for I think Nier Automata. Mm-hmm. The world looks nice. It's a nice-looking game. But when you actually kind of stop and look at the design of the things, you know, you go out into this, like, apocalyptic city where things are kind of falling over and everything's yeah. in ruins, and you just kind of look around at the buildings, and you're like... These must all have been designed and built by the same people all at the same time. Yeah. Because it's kind of the same, you know, they're all normal buildings. If there was one of them, it'd be fine. But you look around and there's like 50 of the same buildings just at slightly different heights. Yeah. You know, you go into the buildings and it's just clean concrete floors. They might be caved in in places, but there's nothing actually there. Yeah. You know, everything is empty. Yeah. To get, to get like the amount of actual detail and like specificity to, create something that actually looks like people were there is surprisingly hard to get in games yeah hmm. yeah and it's again it's very easy for it to to feel wrong yeah, if, yeah. especially if it's a realistic game yeah yeah because yeah, it's just like you know you go into a building it's okay what's in a building got you know furniture whatever all this stuff it's like it most of the time it still kind of looks like a game room yeah you know like you've walked into an ikea showroom yeah yeah, this yeah. is not a house. This is a model. Yeah, there's no, you know, like laundry or just like something on a desk that tipped over because that just happens kind yeah. of things. Yeah, it's, I love any time they kind of have this sort of those details. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so we're going to move on from that topic, as although that is a good one. But that might just be the kind of thing that we re- revisit every few weeks. It's like, I was playing a game. By the way, this one has great level design. Yeah. Um, as I just did, in fact. But again... How many times can I harp on this before a broken record? I'm playing video games with someone who doesn't normally play video games. And the question now is, first I showed her God of War, and the, previously I had shown her The Witcher, and now I'm showing her The Last of Us. I'm going to run out of best games of their generation <laughs> games to show her quite quickly. So here is my contention that I've thrown at you guys, and I hope you're prepared. Uh, an alien has come down from Mars. They're on a foreign exchange student program. <laughs> We have okay. sent a couple <laughs> Earthling students. Earthling? They're usually called like Terran or something. Terran, yeah. yeah. We've sent a couple Terran students to Mars. Martian has sent, uh, Mars has sent a couple Martian students here. I have no idea what the Terran students are going to be doing on Mars. But a big part of Earth culture is video games. And you have been tasked with showing, with teaching this Martian person about the Earthling culture by you've, you have to select five video games to show them to best represent Earthling culture, the video game fanaticism. Oh. Okay, that's different than what I thought. Now, <laughs> what I'm going to say, too, is like, the more I was thinking about that, the more it was, well, if you're, you might pick the five blandest, most generic games possible because you want to, like, hit the, f- so it can still be about you. Like, this still yeah. should be your very personal list for not coming up with the five game master list. But that's how I wanted to phrase it. Just you're showing someone who has no idea what a video game is, how are you going to show them the potential of the medium? I think in a lot of case, like a, it's sort of like a book, right? If if you had aliens come down and you're like, pick five books from all the books ever to show them. Uh, the would, Bible. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, how could you possibly do that? Because um, I think the 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 most important thing is that you find something they can engage with, mm-hmm. and in that respect, it's very much about knowing the alien mm-hmm. in this case more than it is about the video game well that's what i'm saying too so you don't know what this person likes yeah so let's say you haven't had a chance to talk with them yet you've just been commissioned by the university to come up with your list and hopefully something on there speaks to them okay is what i'm going for but how are you hitting how are you casting as wide a net as possible well 
Okay, I'm opening with Minecraft for sure. Totally agreed. Yeah, I'm opening with list. Minecraft. Um, and and sort of it, it very much depends on because Minecraft's a little bit of everything, right? There's a little bit of combat, there's a little bit of resource management, there's a little bit of building, like there's survival. Yeah, there's a little there's yeah. Mm-hmm. You turn on uh, play on anything other than peaceful, you're doing survival. And then you go, okay, what aspect of this did they connect with? Um, and then you can kind of go from there. Because, like, and you sort of did this with, with God of War, but I remember when I was introducing Meg to video games, I was like, I was playing the original God of War. Mm. And I was like, hey, you like uh, Greek mythology and you're very angry at the moment? Play this. <laughs> and it was a perfect match. There you go. <laughs> um, so there's, there's something to be said for that. So if they're... If the combat interests them, then another uh, you probably go to some sort of fighting game, or maybe like I mean, you could do any military shooter if you wanted to. But I would probably go to Doom actually if mm-hmm. they were interested in combat, as in the new one. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go there, but I'm gonna hop on that bandwagon and totally agree with your idea about Minecraft. Minecraft might be the most video game video game that ever video gamed. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just got so much, and again, what a big part of video game it. So many. Parts of video games are in Minecraft, as you just said. Yes. So you can really just cover a big... And it's just it's just fun. Like, do you want an adventure where you're wandering around and, like, playing with your friends? Do you want a multiplayer experience? Minecraft has that. Do you want a single-player experience? Minecraft has that. Do you want to go inwardly to infinity and create the Starship Enterprise? Minecraft, Minecraft has, has that. that. Do you want to create a functioning version of Pokemon Red? Minecraft <laughs> has that, you know, with Redstone. Do you want so, a giant boss fight against a dragon? Yeah. Minecraft has Do that. you want to walk around aimlessly and just, like, not really accomplish anything but still have fun? Minecraft has, has that. that. <laughs> yeah, and if you're just looking at something to relax, like, I'm way into just mining in Minecraft. It's, like, my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. Another question that I, we might say for another week was what games do you play to relax? And honestly, if I had to relax, I might just load up Minecraft and just strip mine something. It's just weirdly calming. Yeah. You know, you get that nice music with the piano notes. Yeah. Um, but I for, I agree. And uh, Matt says you, you agree on Minecraft, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So if we move on, I agree that you have to move to a shooter next. I didn't pick Doom. And I was considering going with Call of Duty 4, the original one. Right? The one that yeah, made everyone Modern blow up Warfare. Modern Warfare yeah. in like 2009 or whatever. Um, but I wanted something a little more recent. And considering such a big part of shooters is multiplayer, I would pick Overwatch. It's such a dynamic game. There's a bunch of different ways to play it. It's cartoony enough. Like, if you want the more realistic thing, there's that option, too. But you also really learn about team dynamics in video games, which, granted, it's not a big thing necessarily at this table, aside from Matt's divinity with the boys. Hey. But it is a huge part of gaming culture, and I, I think Overwatch would be a pretty good introductory to it. Yeah, I also had that on my list, actually. Ha! I, see, I don't think that's a bad choice, except... On the proviso that these are alien transfer students, because I want them to play with each other, not with humans. No, well, I mean, now we're. Well, I mean, you can play as a team of aliens. <laughs> yeah, it's my situation, so I'm going to say that <laughs> yeah. it's how un-alien. many aliens do we have? Unalien transfer student, and this person wants to learn about Earthling culture, so I think they would want to play with. Okay, just turn other the voice chat off. Otherwise, they're going to nuke the Earth. Or play... Actually, another thing. I was listening to a, a, the Game Informer podcast, and they were talking about how there might be um, a geriatric gaming service in a lot of years where you have to have, like, a um, a minimum age to join <laughs> so that you take away all yeah. the people who you mm-hmm. don't want to deal with. And it's just like, okay, just the older folk. But yeah. then we just get called OK Boomer and, you know. Yeah. yeah. I actually found Overwatch as a very good... Um, 
tool for kind of like learning to communicate like team strategy because mm-hmm. yeah. like at least for me start off playing by myself and you know you, you go in and basically it's just run at the objective and shoot the people and hope that they don't shoot you and yeah. like sometimes you'll push through sometimes you won't that's how it goes and then you know you get sort of playing regularly with maybe some of the same people or you just even just do a few games in a row with the same group and just even within that kind of small group start to develop these strategies then you move on to playing with different other people and you start over and well you start over but then you kind of learn over time how to kind of like jumpstart those strategies yeah. right so you sort of like get better at organizing people quickly so i think that would be a really interesting thing for someone that has never played just kind of like the development of an actual like team strategy and how to work together is something i think overwatch would do really well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. totally agreed yeah what was uh so since we're mostly agreed in the first couple what was the third one where did you go from there because i went to an rpg i thought that <laughs> I don't have RPGs on my list because I just think if I'm introducing someone to gaming, that's too much. Interesting. That's just too much. Um, I went to Portal next. Okay. So I had Portal on my list, too. I had that, too, yeah. There you go. We're we're coming up with such a nice (laughs) concrete list here. Well, it's got to be Portal, right? The original or the sequel? The original. The original as well. I mean, the sequel is another good one for, like, those are kind of one thing, right? Because they're both really short. Yeah. But the sequel is great because it's just, it's a perfect example of level design since we were talking about that earlier and it's it's short and it's funny and the controls are not complex um so it's in many ways it if it might be my lead in fact more than minecraft is just because it's like okay you have like two buttons there's jump and there's shoot a portal and that's all you need to know Mm -hmm. and for the most part you can take all the time in the world there are very few like, specifically timed There's sections. no punishment to dying. Yeah, there's no punishment to dying. You just start over. Uh, you'll get mocked by GLaDOS, but that's the whole fun of the game. Yeah, it's almost um, rewarding. So, yeah. And then it's like, and you get through Portal, and you're like, I want more of that. Well, congratulations. I have more of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a very good mix of being complex while still being, like, very simple. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's like, simple yet difficult without actually being hard if that makes any sense yeah no it does you need like no gaming skill at all going into it yeah and so it's almost yeah portal and minecraft and then it's sort of wing it from there for me yeah Mm -hmm. and might be one of the great examples of a game where you play to kind of rewire your brain like i was thinking of other types of games too and i was kind of thinking about how i was weighing into the breach for a little bit there yeah but now when i go back to it i'm just not as good because similar to what you're saying with the trumpet matt your brain just kind of loses that and Portal is really the perfect game when you start in and when you really click with the concept, the game ramps up exactly one-to-one, unless you're like a super genius or a super not a genius. <laughs> That's how we'll phrase it. Yes. It pretty much ramps up one-to-one with where your brain would like be interested in going next. It's mm-hmm. like, we know where you want to go next. We anticipated that and built a brilliant level around it. Yeah. yeah. So that every single time you go into the level, you're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then you're kind of, you're, you're learning. Yeah. And very rarely do you figure out the solution and go, how the heck was I supposed to figure that out? Yeah. You just have the aha moment where you just see something fly through the air and you go, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's, almost, it. it's almost always just like, oh, right. Yeah. Duh. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It like rides that line perfectly where I think you could have the like, super genius still find it very interesting mm-hmm. you know yeah but the super not genius would still be able to get through the game yeah yeah, yeah. so again because i'm biased uh i did a portal on the list and i also had of course the witcher 3 
But I see you win an RPG as in like complicated RPG, like Skyrim, where it's like inventory management and like skills and stuff like that. I win with RPG because traditionally RPGs have the greatest stories. So the thing that I wanted after that was a story based game. So I picked The Witcher 3 because it's my favorite. Um, But if you made an argument for, again, because we just talked about them, like God of War, Last of Us, pick your other extremely story focused game i could i could believe that too yeah i had last of us on my list yeah see. which honestly might be a little bit much for someone in their first game but is an absolute just perfect pick for like showing someone what games can be i yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's totally true especially if you come in i mean in my situation it's an alien but if you come in thinking that video games are one thing the last of us might be the best game of being like they can be something totally different too mm-hmm. Like, God of War is fantastic. The Witcher 3 is fantastic. But they're both so such video games. Yes. Whereas The Last of Us briefly transcends beyond. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is, what, what was the fifth game on either of your guys' lists? I or did you make a fifth game? I'm trying to remember now. I, um, I also had Journey. Yeah. As, like, especially if you were playing with a friend, I think it's a really great, like, kind of first experience uh, of a game for somebody. I was going back and forth between, like, something like that or The Witcher 3 or like a story-based game, just an experience-based game. But what I had for the last one was um, StarCraft 2. Yeah, I, I, I it's just such a big wow yeah. on there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the other one I thought of in, in the terms of, because I like to keep mine fairly short. That's why Portal was such an obvious contender because you can just play it and be done with it. But the other one in terms of sort of narrative-driven stuff is Gone Home. Yeah, mm-hmm. Gone Home is really good. Um, assuming the alien has a concept of family, that's just, it's two hours... <laughs> And it's a good gut punch story. There are a lot of yeah. Gone Home's a great example of that. I've been meaning to play To the Moon, which is a similar type game, which is a couple hours. Yeah. Um, and I, I believe it's about a cancer patient who's dreaming that oh, he's yeah, uh, gets right. to go to the moon, and the doctors are kind of able to manipulate his dreams. That's what I know. I haven't yeah. actually played. I just heard it was phenomenal. Anyway, we got five minutes left here, and we have five sounds. So that sounds like a perfect fit for name, name that sound. sound. <laughs> There we go. So we have five sounds. They're among the shortest sounds uh, yet. Do we have a theme? Not really. Okay. Not really. I was trying to, again, it's like I, I know that Adam knows that. I don't know if Matt was. I know if Matt knows that. I yeah. don't know if Matt, mm-hmm. So I, I had to get pretty generic with these sounds. But I don't think I've actually used any of them before. Okay. So that will be uh, to my advantage. But here we go. Sound number one. I'll tell you what I need. Um, what's happening? Either the game or what's happening. It'll, it'll make sense. It's Mario. Oh, you're getting bigger. You're getting you're a mushroom. No. You're getting smaller. You're going into a warp pipe. You're going into a pipe. Dang it. Yeah. That's correct, Matt. Well ah, done. Ah, well done. Okay, so again. They're all similar, so similar sounds. Yeah. <laughs> That's the trick. So uh, both the game and what's happening. Same idea. Oh, you've fallen off a cliff in Mario. Like you've fallen into the void. We'll accept it. Yeah, you've lost a life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Close enough. Because the, the the place I heard that sound the most, Mario Sunshine in the the yep. jo- the void levels. <laughs> I lost a lot. Of I lives. lost a <laughs> lot of lives there. Okay, so next up, this is a longer clip. Um, we'll see how long we need. I just want to know what game is being played. And actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna need it specifically, not the franchise, the game. Correct, the specific one. The, in fact, the specific part of the game. It'll make sense in a second. I feel like it's a... Is it Mario Tennis? No. It's Wii Sports. 
from the main menu into playing resort. tennis. There you go. Ah, yeah. Well, so, yeah, tennis was good enough. <laughs> okay. But yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it was obviously tennis once you heard the well, noise. Yes. But yeah, well done. Yeah. Well, that second cr- half, that was That easy. crowd noise is very important. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Okay, well done. Very good. Okay, so it's Matt 2, Adam one. 1. There you go. Sound number 4. Again, I want to know the game. Okay? okay? Nothing else, just the game. This one might be tough. What the? Huh. Hold on. Let me fast forward a bit. Oh! Oh, crap! <laughs> it's... Oh, man. Oh, no! Uh... <laughs> it's so familiar, but I don't yeah, think I know. I'm going to be able to get it. It's like, which one is it? <laughs> Would it help you if I told you that in the game you're doing a job? Oh. You're uh, doing not really. <laughs> your the character is employed at the time you play the game. Uh, you are getting paid for what you're doing. Oh. Huh. You are a young person with a common young person job. Is is it uh, No More Heroes? No. No. No, no, no. I mean <laughs> he, he has a he has to do side jobs. Common now. teenage job. A game based oh. around it on the Game Boy. Oh, Paperboy! Paperboy! Paper oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! I was like, I've no, I've heard this music six million times. Yeah. All right, it's two two and all to play for. I wasn't sure if Matt had actually played that one. No, but I hadn't. Played. I know you had Nintendo consoles going up, so yeah. I was like, maybe. He's I mean, I, when you said job, I was just gonna say like, like Paperboy. Not as the name of the game, but just, <laughs> just as the, the job, job. Just sort of thinking job. out loud. Oh my god, I remember that game. <laughs> All right, so this one, so uh, I want to know the name of the game, the 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 title of the franchise, but also which one in the franchise. Okay. okay. Over here, stranger. Oh, it's uh, Resident Evil Four. There it is. Yeah. Very good. Nice. <laughs> I know that so guy's voice anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so iconic. What are you buying? So I think that went to Adam. Yeah, three, three, two. Two. three two. The comeback at the end there. Thank Close. you for Clutch. paper boy. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome. But that will uh, just about do it for us. So stay tuned for a regular half hour episode of Game Over next week. But in the meantime, everyone stay safe. Do not touch your face. And have a great week, everybody. Heavy beat. Kick off the month right at First Friday's hottest new party. Bodega Boogie at Cordova Tapas and Wine Bar, 93 Albert Street in the Exchange. Join DJs David Haynes, Brent Phillips, and Stay St. Louis for the best in boogie, disco house, and soul vibes. And always no cover. First Friday's Bodega Boogie at Cordova Tapas and Wine Bar, 93 Albert Street. See you at the boogie. Named for their latest record, the Let's Rock Canada Tour finds the Black Keys returning to Winnipeg to play Bell MTS Place on Friday, May 15th. And while the duo are a powerhouse in their own right, they'll be joined by special guests the Sheepdogs and Early James for one amazing night of pure rock and roll energy. Reserved seat tickets for this all-ages show are on sale now at Ticketmaster.ca and all Ticketmaster outlets. So get yours now and circle your calendar for Friday, May 15th as the Black Keys Let's Rock Canada Tour rolls through town. Brought to you by Live Nation and proudly supported by 101.5 UMFM. Yo, first of all, don't give me a sing-song message. That's what the guy sounds like. But don't play music and then in the middle of the song... 
tell me what station you got. I got on. That's not right. Smarten up if you go to university to get big education to screw up. End of message. Yep, these are our listeners, folks, and we love each and every last one of them. UMFM 